what's good everybody it's sam boy and you're tuning into episode seven of the it's all relative podcast this will be a solo cast if you've been listening before then you know i do this uh cast in a few different formats out the out the gate you know just experimenting with different uh, uh different ways of, do, of doing this thing because it's really about you know yeah part of it is a space for me to just you know say what i want to say on on subjects and you know, be as unfiltered as, as I am or, you know, you know, how I, how I frame it in the situation and then having a one-on-one with a, with somebody, um, which is, you know, always a good time and then having the round table as well. And I think I'm just going to swap, you know, discontinues to, to, to rotate the formats and whatnot along with the, with the topics and the settings and whatnot. Um, but yeah, but I want to, you know, if you've been listening so far to any of the episodes before, this is the first one. Thanks for stopping by. I'm just, uh, you know, just another regular, you know, dude out here talking about society and culture. And my angle, if I had to really break it down, like going beyond just being commentary and analysis, specifically, you know, I try to incorporate... I try to incorporate, you know, more high-minded stuff like intersectionality and uh, critiques of capitalism and, you know, uh, internationalism and being in solidarity with the struggles of of peoples around the world, um, along with the appreciation for, for, you know, pushing the boundaries of good taste, you know, having, you know, certain levels of contrarianism. Um, you know, and then, and then quote unquote edginess or, or, you know, saying some things that, that, you know, may seem off color to me, there, there always needs to be space for that. And the freedom that gives you, or the freedom that gives you the autonomy to do good things goes hand in hand with the ability to do bad things. And if you don't think that you do bad things or that there aren't negative consequences to your life or your lifestyle and the way that you engage with people. I, I don't think, I don't think you're going to have a good time, you know, saying, listening to this stuff is like, cause I'm not just critical of the, of the, my external, external environment. I'm very much critical of myself and my internal, you know, my internal environment. But in any case, uh, getting past that, let me open, let me pull up my subjects that I wanted to talk about. Hope everybody else is doing all right. It's election season right now. The primary is happening. This is, uh, I stay in California. So they've, they've instituted some new rules about how to do the, uh, do the elections, the processes and whatnot. And I was supposed to be a voting clerk working at a polling station to help people just pretty much just help make sure people get their, get their votes in and fill out their ballots uh, correctly and whatnot. And, uh, I, I've done it. I did it for, um, we had a special election last year and then the last, uh, uh, the, uh, ah, the midterms, the midterms. So, uh, yeah. And the thing is that you get paid for it. It's not great pay, but it is a good experience on what, you know, cause well, one thing I can put that on my resume. And the other thing is, you know, helping participate in a, you know, the institutions of our society and shit and really seeing that this has a purpose this has a place and that there's a certain level of integrity that does go into you know maintaining the stuff that we just take for granted and then another unintended consequence of that has been 
when I've they've changed the rules now, and I I'll get to I'll get to I'll get to why I'm not a clerk this year, even though I attempted to be so. But one of the unintended uh, consequences is having to engage with people and uh, for for a long period of time. It's like, and I'm no stranger if you know me or if you listen to me before. You know, I'm no I'm not you know squeamish about ex you know expressing my views or you know shutting down other people's you know I'm saying uh, opinions or or thoughts and whatnot. I have no shame in that. I, I can do that, and it gets done to me, and that's just how it goes. Speak from a sense of conviction or don't speak at all. Um. But it's like the 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 last time that I did this, I was having some very contentious conversations with some older um, right leaning uh, uh, men, and it's like there were plenty of times. And and early on, if you don't know, it's like to work as a poll worker and everything, or the poll clerk, you have to be there from six in the morning till nine at night. So it's a long time and you just work with a handful of people and you're just helping facilitate, you know, probably most likely hundreds of votes, depending on, you know, how busy your particular center is. But in any case, I, you know, was having this very contentious conversation with some, you know, during our downtime and whatnot. And it was it was actually really refreshing because. Because obviously it's like I'm not just going to sit here and just start screaming on this person or just start throwing a fit and whatnot. That's not productive. And I don't want there to be any negative repercussions for, you know, like, oh, you can't get along with people and, and, and you know, to help achieve this, this greater goal or whatnot, then we won't be calling you back. But it's it's very enlightening because when you allow people, invite them to just speak freely and you understand that you're going to hear some things that you'd rather not hear that you vehemently disagree with um people people who disagree with you a lot of them can will still will still uh they appreciate that and any degree of humanity that you see that you can share with another with another person that is extremely valuable because even somebody that you disagree with you can find common goals or common interests and whatnot or if that person is completely unreasonable um, and and can't be moved, that's also it's also good to be aware of that, so that way you know exactly who and what your enemy is and what degree you know what I'm saying of of resistance is necessary in order to uh, uh, to keep them back. So it was it was just great having that because like a lot of people have you know uh, uh, not so much retreated. I've, I mean, overall, the trend of the last 10 years of my life or so or longer than that has been be, becoming more extroverted and becoming more sociable and leaning more into that, you know, part. But as far as like getting into those type of interactions face to face, it's so exhausting. And, you know, it's, 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 you know, because the thing is, you're also keeping yourself primed to react to certain things. And, it's just like you cannot go into situations thinking, oh, if I always act, if I always uh, react the same, then my what that that my worldview is justified or that because I'm always in the right and shit like people will talk about, oh, you know, it's it's it's, um you know, I'm, a, I'm, on, I'm on the right side of history. You're on the wrong side of history and shit like that. But it's like in the moment, y'all are fucking intolerable. And, and, and a lot of people who consider themselves leftist or consider themselves um you know uh, uh really up on social issues and, and economic and political justice and whatnot it's like a lot of y'all 
are don't want to acknowledge the ways in which you're intolerant, you know, uh, because even when I talk with people and if we come to the same conclusion and stuff, but from a different a different path, um, people will get, you know, get really upset. But 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 not to get too far down that that road, not just yet. But um, but no, but just not getting yourself, keeping yourself primed to just saying, oh, somebody said something I didn't want, or something happened that I didn't want to happen. Then because you can't, because you can't tell me how to feel, or because my feelings are just as valid, you know what I'm saying? Then you can't tell me I'm wrong. Let me give you an example. So I went on a date. This was this was a few years ago, but I went on a date uh, with a woman, black woman, and uh, we had met at a Halloween party. I'm pretty sure. And, uh, uh, actually, all right. So, yeah, so I was saying I went on a date with uh, this black woman a few years ago that I met at a Halloween party and, um, you know, she was cool and everything. And, and we had, um, we went to some plaza or whatever and, you know, had dinner and, and she was talking, having a good conversation, or whatever. And then we, uh, we park at a, a little table or whatever and just continue chatting and, um, you know, it's a busy little plaza, so there's plenty of people walking by, and it's a diverse uh, city and everything, part of town. And um, some Asian folks were walking by, and they were speaking in, you know, some type of, you know, uh, East or Southeast Asian language. And if you don't know, they have a term or a word, uh, nega or nega. It sounds like, basically, it sounds like nigga. And... But it's it's kind of like a placeholder word, almost like um or you know, uh, uh, it it's one of those like really super generic you know words that you use in between while you're constructing you know uh, thinking about the the full thought that you're trying to convey or whatnot. And the woman that I was I was with or whatever, she made a face and and you know seemed really apoplectic and shit about it. You know, just really offended. And it's like I had to, and the, and the Asian folks, they kind of stopped because they seemed a little, you know, uh, nervous, like anticipating what was, what they thought might happen. And I basically had said to tell her, like, no, you know, relax if you, if you, you know, it's like, th this is something in their language. Um, it's, it's not something that's directed at you. And, you know, and everything was cool after that. And, and, um, you know, saying to continue to go on the date or whatever after that. But it was, it was one of those situations where it's like people always talk about, Oh, my feelings, because I felt that you can't, you can't invalidate what I feel and shit. It's like, I'm not invalidating what you feel. That would be an appropriate response if, if, if that was factually what was going on. But you can't just rely on your feelings to, you know what I'm saying, guide how you react to situations and shit. Um, it's like, it's, 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 cause the thing is, if I wasn't there or if I was a weaker dude, you know what I'm saying, and and didn't try to intervene or nothing, then she would have just, I, I, I don't know, I don't want to sit here and pretend like, she, you know, and, and thinking about what she would or wouldn't have done. Um, but things could have gone differently if I hadn't brought in that extra context. And, and, and I feel like, you know, this isn't the first time somebody's brought this up, but that with this whole emotions are just as valid as logic and, and reasoning and shit. Um, it's 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 a lot of people are foregoing context and not really being able to look at the situation and think about other possibilities. Not all. I'm not even going to say most. You know, people who whom uh, may be referred to as social uh, who are who care about social justice. 
Um, I know SJW Social Justice Warriors gets thrown thrown around as an insult, but to me, I think it's a great title. It's like, yeah, you are a warrior for social justice. It's like, what am I supposed to be a warrior that wants to just go across the fucking planet and just go kill, you know what I'm saying, you know, poor strangers whom whom live under the boot of of my government and shit, you know? While I also live under a a, a slightly shinier, more ethical boot in my own homeland. <laughs> What the fuck? You know, but I, I just, it's, it's, you know, people just need to be more, people just need to be able to take shit in, in context, look at the situation, each on its own, and not just be so quick to flip out and, and need to comment on something or, you know, anything like that. It's, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, because everything's just turning into a fucking mess. You know, it's, I mean, it's been turning into a mess. A lot of people have been discussing, you know, saying similar issues and whatnot. But, you know, it's, it's, there's no roadmap for any of this shit. And, you know, I'm just offering my little piece. Anyway, moving on. Another thing about, let's just stick with dating for a little bit, shall we? Um, I was, I was, I was talking with, uh, with somebody, with a friend last night of, of uh, somebody I was dating before. And um, it's so cool to be on good terms, you know what I'm saying, with people, even though the, the particular way that y'all interact has changed. Um, it gives you a lot of perspective and whatnot. And one of the things that I was, that we had related to one another was this, that, you know, even though things didn't um, ultimately work out, is that we still had a great time um, and everything. And we were just relating some of our, you know, horror stories of days that just went wrong or just or just our frustrations with dating. And one of the anecdotes that I shared with her was uh, a date that I'd went on with another woman and, and, uh, met off of OK Cupid, I'm pretty sure. And, you know, went on the first date, had dinner at some German restaurant and it was cool. We went to a, a nickel nickel, which is like a, a, a arcade. I don't know if they're outside California. Uh, hell, I, I was surprised that they were still open in business, but an arcade arcade, or excuse me, nickel nickel is a, you know, arcade, it has a bunch of old uh, arcade games, obviously. And, um, yeah, and, and like, the name, uh, everything costs a nickel. Now, some things may cost, like, you know, four or five nickels or whatever, but it's still a great bargain if you just want to go play some old games for the cheap. Spend 20 bucks, you could, you know, spend a couple hours in there. Um, in any case, had a good time or whatever, and then we, you know, made plans to go on a second date, right? And I guess maybe a day or two before the time came, I was, uh, you know, just hitting her up just to keep up, you know, just to keep in contact or whatever. And just being like, hey, what's going on? Blah, 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 blah. And at some point I used a acronym like LOL or JK for just kidding or, or something like that. Or what are you doing? W-I-D. And her response was, says, yuck, ugh, I hate acronyms as if, um, you know, as if like using acronyms is a sign of of lacking intelligence or sophistication or whatnot. And it's like, look, I get that you want to have, you're looking for signals and stuff, right? You're looking for red flags or whatever. But it's like, first of all, you already went on a whole ass date with me and spent several hours with me. You've heard the way I talk. You see the way I look and the way that I groom myself and, and everything, right? And this is texting and language and whatnot. And this is just a thing with, with language in general. People consider themselves grammar Nazis or that, oh, you've got to follow the rules of language, blah, blah, blah. All of this shit is made up. It's all arbitrary. None of these rules are real. 
the only reason we have these structures, you know what I'm saying, in, in, uh, we have these structures around any kind of language, whether it's written down or not, is just to have, it's a very efficient and abstract way of communicating information to one another. And it will fluctuate and change as it, as we need to go. And just like I said, efficiency, you don't, the less and less words, the less and less symbols that you can use to convey something, that is, that's very important. That that has a lot of value. Sometimes you need to be able to pass on a lot of information quick, or people need to be able to, you know, you need to be able to show the connection between things in a very striking way. Memes are an example, uh, an example of that. Um, you know, so so, yeah, and and so I I, you know, was thinking about it a little bit, and I was just like, oh, okay. And then the day of the date, she hits me up. And she's like, hey, we still on for today? And I wish I would have screenshotted my response. But um, it's like I didn't flip out or nothing. My response, basically paraphrasing here, but basically what I said was, what I said was, um, you know, I had a good time or whatever that date. And, um, you know, I said that's, I said, I was basically just like, look, I don't have to prove myself. You've already seen me. You already hear me speak and whatnot. I'm not going to keep up this performance as if I constantly got to prove my level of intelligence or, you know, saying any of that other shit. I know what I am. And if you can't tell that by now, then I don't really see the point in going forward. And she just said, okay. And, uh, went about her business. And then I continued to see her profile for a little bit on OkCupid and she had updated it. And, you know, she had partly what she had updated it with was, you know, that snarky comment of like, I just wanted to let you all know that I, I uh, don't need you. I want you. I'm on here because I want to be or whatever. And then, you know, some weeks or a couple months later, her profile was down. You know, shit. Like, yeah, I'm sure you, I'm sure you, I'm sure you were, I'm sure you was just pulling in niggas left and right. You know what I'm saying? With that attitude. But it's like, it's like really, is that, it, it's like really, once again, looking at the context. It's one thing if it's just one, some dude off the street or some fool, you know, saying hollering at you at a, at a, you know, saying randomly or whatever. And that's the way that they talk. But the thing is, even even people that are quote unquote not the most educated or not the most sophisticated, I don't hear them speaking in acronyms and stuff. And when people and the thing is, you should see the way that I text and shit. You think you was talking to a hood motherfucker or somebody that barely graduated high school? You know what I'm saying? Because once again, sometimes you're just trying to communicate stuff in a very effective, striking way, and sometimes that means keep, uh, keeping the shit short and using symbols and using acronyms and some. You know, you know, women, they just take that to another, or just some people, but as I date women, and so this is the angle that I see. And I don't really hear men complaining about, oh, this, this chick, you know, her use of language or her, the way that she texts or writes or, you know, is problematic or whatever the fuck. Um, I just haven't heard it. But, 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 but yeah, I'm just, I, I really, and I never, I wanted to ask, but I didn't think about it until it was too late, until afterwards, but to be like, how much is this actually improving your luck in dating and, you know, just the way that you engage with people? Like, is this really how you engage with other people or just the men that you are potentially dating and whatnot? And it's like, what is it you're looking for or, or what or what or what type of character? What do you think it reflects in somebody that uses acronyms, especially in text and whatnot? Especially if you've already heard them speak in person and hung out with them for several hours in different environments and shit, and seen how they are in different states of mind. You know, I don't. Yeah, some 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 
you know, some people, they, you know, they have quote unquote standards when, you know, really a lot of times it just seems like it's projection or, you know, trying to cover up for something for deficiencies within themselves or, you know, because it's, it's kind of one of those things where, where you don't recognize a deficiency in yourself or a way in which you are, you are wrong. You, you instead try to flip that and make it a sign of superiority and shit, you know, or make it a sign that like, well, the reason I go against the grain is because other people don't agree with me is because I'm special. Or I'm especially smart or I just really like doing things the right, quote unquote, right way. And it's just like, it's just like, no, there's no such thing as the right way. There's the, there's the way of the general consensus. There's the way that, uh, yeah, the quote unquote law, you know what I'm saying, will punish you if you get, if you get caught. Or hell, even if you don't, even if you're not actually guilty of anything, they can still fuck you up and find a way to, 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 to play with you on that. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I just, uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, people just taking very arbitrary, signs or or you know what here's the other thing about it it's that okay if she's if somebody like that who says that oh i'm a grammar nazi if i see spelling errors that's a blah 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 it's like how frequently is it happening that you are you know uh uh, uh getting tied up with people whom reveal themselves to be you know quote unquote not on your level and at what point do you start to say that maybe it's you and what you attract and the vibes that you get off? You know what I'm saying? As opposed to just saying, oh, all, you know, this group or the people here are just trash and, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, I, I, I just think that there's not a, a, you know, too much self-reflection in the online dating, you know, scene and whatnot. But... Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's interesting. There's 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 been there's been a lot more experiences that I've had in the online dating and just in you know, dating, of course, like anybody. But um, that'll have to be for another time. I don't want to get too bogged down with that one subject. Yeah. Um. Oh shit! So the thing I forgot to mention about uh uh the voting and whatnot this year. So if you don't know, in California, we changed the rules and whatnot. Uh, 10 days to do voting from February 22nd to March 3rd, um, the primary day. And it's supposed to be that you can drop your ballots off at, at any polling location and then you can look it up and they send out plenty of flyers and whatnot. And, and then I think that there's a selection you have of four or five places where you can go to do your vote in person. Um, otherwise you can drop, take your, your, your ballot or whatever and just drop it off at any, at any center. And, um, I had signed up to be one this year and had, 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 um, uh, had booked a class because of a class that we're supposed to take each, each election and, you know, confirmed it. And it was supposed to happen last week, a few days before the election. And then I called because I needed, I just wanted to double check everything. Right. And it took, you know, forever to get through to somebody. And then when I finally did, discovered that oh you've been removed from the poll you know from the roster or whatever because you didn't you know you didn't um confirm a training class and i was like no i did i even got a confirmation number and whatnot and then they continued to look further and they said well actually it looks like they removed a lot of people from the rosters because they had to close down a bunch of polling stations and uh, i didn't really get any much information further from that but it's like you know it's like it's 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 neither conclusion is really good 
because it's like okay either either they fucked up the uh the logistics and the allocation of resources into making sure that they could take on as many co-workers as that uh, those that signed up and had confirmed you know a class and, and went through all the rigor and, and and shit like that right and um and then keeping the various voting centers you know what i'm saying uh, 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 up <laughs> right and um or this is uh or or this was purposeful and this is bungling that's being done by uh the elites because let's let's not pretend anymore that bernie sanders you know what i'm saying is is looking to be the great hope uh for many americans uh, across the across the board, and this scares not just right wingers. This this scares the shit out of the Democratic establishment because they're just as dirty. You know what I'm saying? When it comes, they're just they're just as dirty. The thing about like as somebody who identifies as a left winger, the the criticism that we have of the media, the mainstream mainstream society, and and the government and Democratic establishment is that. Yeah, on some social issues and shit, they're better than Republicans, but a lot of times they just actually sound like moderate Republicans, and it's taken a lot of fighting to even get them to respect that they come around on something like gay marriage and trans rights. You, 10, 15 years ago, you know what I'm saying, most people who were registered Democrats would have been like, no to gay marriage, no to like, you know, uh, the trans bathrooms uh, issues, and, and it, you know, it, it's taken a lot of, you know, LGBT people taking up space and not just shutting up in order to get the respect that they that they have now, and of course a lot of money being thrown around. But you know, you know, you use what you got. If those are the if those are the terms of the game, you know, what I'm saying why would you uh, why would you not use them? You know, or why would you not use them to your advantage? But um, but 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 yeah, and it's frustrating. And, and like I said, yeah, we get paid for it. it's not gonna it's not gonna change. It wouldn't have changed my life or something. Uh, or anything, but it's like, you know, I was anticipating that for months and, um, you know, so it's, so it's fucking annoying, but it was just, it's just like, it, it was, it was, it was the greater thing about it was just displaying the lack of cohesiveness, you know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a like a libertarian person. Oh, this is just how government is. This is just how people are. This happens in corporations. This happens in small businesses. This happens in classrooms and, 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 um, in co-ops and shit and fucking, you know, yoga studios or any type of, you know, this is just what happens when people have to do shit. You have conflicting interests. You have incompetency. You have, you know, just regular human error and over, and, uh, oversight and whatnot. So. Um, there's, there's not going to be a perfect system that allows for a hundred percent security or a hundred percent effectiveness or a hundred percent anything. Um, you know, and that's, and that's just what it is. If we, if we, if that wasn't the case, then we wouldn't be human, right? You know, we'd be something else. We'd be something else, uh, uh, beyond human. Speaking of which, are y'all familiar with transhumanism? So transhumanism is basically this idea of modifying the human body uh with shit so like replacing your heart with a with a fucking you know anything from replacing your heart 
uh, with the pacemaker. Wait, does a pacemaker replace your heart or is it like in addition to the whatever pacemaker does? Right. You know, what I'm saying using, you know, that shit or or, um, you know, using stem cells to regrow, you know what I'm saying? Or, or you know, to regrow parts of your body or to help boost your immune system or whatever. Right. You know, different things like that. It's basically just using t- uh, technology to. You know what I'm saying? Make changes to the human body and whatnot, to human phys- the human physical form. And look, there's like, once again, like with everything in life, there's always going to be trade-offs. There's always going to be a good side and a bad side. But, you know, the way I fall on it is I've never been a, um, I've never been, there's another term for this, but, but I've never been like a technophobe or like, oh my God, new technology, this is scary and we should, you know, uh, 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 be wary of it and shit. And I've also never been an early adopter, you know what I'm saying? Cause I'm not, I don't want to deal with all the bugs and shit like that. They talk about you get a cybernetic arm as the first model and shit. It's like I only be walking down the street and then just punching, you know what I'm saying, strangers because the shit malfunctions, you know what I'm saying? And then I end up getting fucking my ass kicked by the police and strangers or whatever the fuck. That'd be a, that'd, that'd just be a mess, you know what I'm saying? Um, but it's 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 the thing is we already amend or excuse amend we already modify our bodies and modify our environments. I was talking to somebody else about this about the concept of nature or, or you know and primitivism and whatnot and and getting away from like human civilization and stuff like that. And it's like it's like okay. Um, I know it's cute. It's great to kind of romanticize a simpler life and a life that doesn't have all the trappings of, 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 of living in a city or whatever, or just, just, you know, operating in the quote unquote modern world. And of course there's genuine criticisms of shit like that. Um, uh, but I still like my vaccines. I still like my insulation. I still like, um, my steady food supply. You know what I'm saying? I like, you know, say my environmental regulations, what few there are. Um, that are left but it's like i appreciate these things and i don't think that that makes me soft i think that just recognizes that why would you not use an advantage that you have why would you not do something to help improve your quality of life for you for improve the quality of life for yourself or or modify your environment to facilitate that shit because every because any other species or any other life form thing we understand as life does this shit you know, it's almost like, and, and this is where like, you know, people's morality kind of gets to, you know, I think, I think people become a little too, um, what's, what's the, what's, I think people just become a little too sensitive to, to not, I, you know what it is? I think it's not really embracing the fact that no matter which way you choose to go, there's going to be a certain level of waste or a certain level of, of selfishness. There's a certain level of, yeah, I want everybody to have theirs, but I want to make sure that I get mine, you know. Um, and then when people don't get theirs, you know what I'm saying? Let 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 the fucking gas pumps be dry for two or three days. Let the grocery stores be bare for a few days, you know what I'm saying? Or or let Amazon, you know what I'm saying, should have to shut down for a weekend or whatever. And people will lose their fucking shit, you know. People talk, you know, it's it's and, and oftentimes it'll be the same people that talk about complaining of the trappings of urban life and 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 uh living in the modern world and whatnot and then when the slightest disruptions happen to the things that they take for granted right uh 
they 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 become primitive <laughs> mentally, you know. Um, but to but but the whole transhumanism thing is that I'm completely with it, and of course this covers everything from like plastic surgery to like dentistry to um, you know like getting a cast on your you know on a broken limb or whatever the fuck or you know hair transplant stuff like that. It's like I'm not against making modifications to the body, whether it's for the purpose of ego. Uh, health or um, beauty and physicality and shit like that. Um, obviously, when it comes to like sports competitions and, and stuff like that, they're you know uh, uh, a different degree of oversight and regulation. But outside of that, I'm like, why would I give a fuck? It's like people's self-image matters. We treat people differently based on how they look. Don't even bullshit yourself. I do it. You do it. Everybody in the fucking world does it. That can see does it. And if you can't even see somebody, then you judge them by their voice and, you know, saying tactile signs and, and all that other good shit, right? That's just what it is, you know, because you naturally are trying to optimize your life. And so that means constantly having to take in or, excuse me, interpret data because you're always just going to be absorbing data. Um, but you have to find a way of interpreting the data, the information that is coming in in a way that helps you facilitate a, a a what you consider to be your normal life or your you know your kind of stability you know and so you know the trans yeah the transhumanism thing cuz it's like it's 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 not too far fetched it's like cuz if you can think about getting like a cast or whatever getting a splint you know saying what a body part fucks up or getting braces or wearing a wig or or you know anything like that then it's really not too much of a stress to say that, like, hey, if you lost an eye or a digit or something like that, and you could get it back through stem cell research, and, you could, and it was affordable or whatever and safe, would you not do it? You know what I'm saying? Do you not take vaccines? Do you not take um, any type of medicine for when you get sick? You know what I'm saying? That's a modification. You're modifying your immune system and, and, and whatnot to help to help it uh, deal with this, uh, you know, new virus and bacteria, you know, and whatnot. Or um or even getting plastic surgery for cosmetic reasons or for um for you know like beauty reasons or um but but yeah but it's like why shouldn't beauty and aesthetics and shit be considered important you know so I don't know the tra the transhumanism thing it's it's something that um that that I never really felt too strongly about but now that it becomes the reality of it is becoming more certain and it's, and it's, it's coming up more in certain um certain circles and whatnot um yeah this that's that's the way I'm, I'm i'm starting to look at it you know i'm really starting to to uh lean more into that yeah why wouldn't i you know like i prefer i would prefer to try to do things as natural as possible and try to have the least amount of like additives and and shit like that just because it just to me it's more so just about adding in the factor of stuff going wrong it's like like something like LASIK. So I wear glasses and shit. I know plenty of people who've gotten LASIK and, and has a really high rate of of success and whatnot, you know. And um, great doctors all over the world that can do it for you. And um, I don't know. It's it's I I still much prefer having my glasses because uh, I don't know. I I like the fact that I can take my glasses on and off. I you know I don't feel overburdened by them. And, and but really it's just like. I don't want to be a part of that point zero 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 one percent where it's just like, uh, oh well, you know, sorry, 
<laughs> you know, and everybody else is like, oh, it was good for me. So I'm just like, yeah, I'd much rather, I would much rather just deal with the inconvenience of continuing to wear glasses for now, at least. You know, maybe I'll end up changing my mind later. But, uh, but yeah, as far as transhumanism, modifying the body and everything, we already do it. And so if you're somebody who's kind of hesitant on it or has some reservations for any reasons that I haven't stated, um, I would love to hear it. But, but, um, it's like, yeah, I just, I just don't really see the big deal about it at this point. Um, speaking of like body modifications, they go back to like plastic surgery and shit, dude. What it, it is, it is because it's like, yeah, we expect on one hand, like entertainers or people who are just rich and shit to just get shit done. You know what I'm saying? Because of their ego, because they have to always be presenting themselves a certain way or whatever, right? And, um, and it's, it's, on one hand, it's really sad, you know, especially when, it, when you're going to talk about like women, um, you know, the ways in which their bodies are scrutinized and, and how beauty is, is, um, uh, how beauty is a, is a, is a commodity, you know, and it doesn't last forever and it doesn't, always get you what you want in these situations, but it is a burden that a lot of women have to carry, that all women have to carry to some degree, is having to, how much do you cater to the male gaze, you know, or just the expectations of of, of women, um, no matter who you're engaging with. And so when it comes to, like, plastic surgery and specifically getting stuff like, um, you know, like lip injections and, you know, breast uh, augmentations, uh, uh, booty uh, inflations as well as like the hips and thighs um, I don't know I mean it's it's you know everybody's going to do whatever it is they it's like I said I do feel like people have the right to have high self-esteem and have a good image about themselves and if you want to cater to a particular gaze and fulfill a particular image that's your freedom to do that and you should be able to do that you know what I'm saying um at the same time, though, it's just like it, it's cause, because because those specific modifications, like to the lips and the breasts and the, and the thighs and the ass and whatnot, those are supposed to evoke sexuality, right? And they are supposed to be arousing, you know. But it's like I, you know, I've I've, you know, I feel like I've got enough experience in sex at this point where I know what it is that I like, I know what works for me and what doesn't. And it's like when I look at their body, you know, I look at some people, you know, women's bodies and stuff, or just people who get modifications in general, and I'm just like, this actually makes, ironically, all the things that you've done makes makes sex uh, more difficult. And, uh, you know, saying like it, like like the spectacle of looking at you is more worthwhile than the actual act, which is implied by the image which you are projecting. You know what I'm saying? You know, and I know some people are going to be like, oh, you know, you just want to show your breasts just because, or you wanted to show your ass just because. It's like, okay, because you're, you're, you're getting attention. Like, you don't go into public and shit and just say, like, well, I'm just, I'm just dressing this way for weed. What are you just looking at a fucking mirror the whole goddamn time while you're walking down the street? Stop it. You know, like, some people just don't want to admit that they're just doing shit for superficial, shallow reasons. Like, or, or just because they don't want to acknowledge that, like, yeah, I'm just doing this because I like the attention, or I'm just doing this because, I like showing off, and I like people to just gag at the fact that I look better better than them, and um, there's nothing that they can do about it, you know? I mean, there's obvious reasons why people wouldn't it just outright admit that, but 
you know, because I just I just get so tired of that of that narrative that like I'm not doing it for the gaze of anybody else, and, you know, blah 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 blah, and it's like okay. It's it's like it's kind of hard to go with that when most of the time you're doing this shit in places where you're you're public, right? It's like and I get making certain things normal, normalizing certain things, um, but but you know it's like I also hear arguments that are like, no, if somebody you know half naked or you know blah blah blah, and, and it's like don't stare, and you know it's rude to like if you see two people fucking out in public to to invade their privacy, their privacy, fuck their goddamn privacy. You want privacy, you go be private. A bus, a fucking gas station, a store, or like a, a public park and shit like that, like whatever. Just because you hide under a blanket or 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 behind a fucking tree or a dumpster, shit like that, doesn't mean that that's your little personal, you know, saying fucking suite. You know what I'm saying? A little space allocated just for you. Fuck you. You know what I'm saying? And and it's not to say that people should go over there and and ogle or whatever. People shouldn't rubberneck when there's traffic accidents and shit. But that's just what happens. People, we look at shit. Okay, we we are constantly absorbing information and absorbing stimuli and whatnot. Okay, and we don't even always know why. And um, I just I just feel like it's kind of dishonest and really naive to just be like, no, I'm not doing this because I want any attention or because I'm trying to elicit a response in other people and and, and shit. Um, it's it's just like just say that it's both. It's like yeah, you want to reflect a side of yourself that's sending a signal. You know what I'm saying? Or or hell, even if you say that you're you're cutting back on the, even if you want to say the opposite, that I'm not trying to send the signal, that's also a signal. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, there's nothing wrong with acknowledging the fact that we are always performing, even when we're not aware of the performance, and that a, saying that it's a performance doesn't inherently mean good or bad or artificial versus real. It's just a, it's just a, um, it's, it's just the, it's just a part of language that we use to convey the you know overall actions and and kind of feel or excuse me it's, it's a way that we kind of summarize how certain actions and behaviors um you know saying reflect in a in another person or a group and whatnot and that we get the impression from them based off of a certain performance and that's just what it is but getting back to like the the sex and plastic surgery and shit like that because i mean not to get too graphic but it's like as far as like as a man having sex with women and whatnot, the most, the biggest factor that I've seen affecting, like, um, uh, uh, like what will make it a good session and, 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 you know, just having a, you know, having a good time for me is the thighs and really a lot of the thighs and the waist and whatnot, um, proportions. Because it's like at a certain point, you need, you know, saying a certain package or whatever in order to, uh, you know, to get through all the fucking body of, of how some people are built. <laughs> That's just what it is. Um, and, uh, you know, it's like when I look at certain women's bodies and stuff, I think it's whether they have surgery or not, I immediately know I'm just like, yep, there's, there's not going to, you know, there's going to be two positions that I can do and it's going to get mundane and boring and, uh, you know, it won't be something that I could really look forward to. Um, and it's like, you know, I know some people maybe be like, oh, that's superficial, that's shallow, or you never know. And it's like, no, I know what I know this, but by experience, but by trying different things. And, and then, you know what I'm saying, assessing why, uh, things did not, did not pan out the way that I wanted. This is just the nature of reality. And it's, it's, um, well, this is just, excuse me, the nature of my experience and the way things make sense to me and what works for me. 
um there's there's you know there's limits to this shit and i like to you know i don't i don't like just doing one or two positions and, and shit like that i like to be able to maneuver and be a little more you know uh, uh athletic and shit so it's it's yeah it's it's yeah so it's it's yeah i, I, I just look at this stuff and i'm just like ironically this is you know it's getting work done and shit that caters more to projecting an image of sexuality and arousing and our sexual arousal but then the trade-off to it it's actually making for me it makes sex less appealing and less uh enjoyable you know so but that's just you know that's just me everybody has their own uh you know way of doing things but um yeah, I guess I guess real quick, I'll, I'll talk about some books that I'm reading. Just to be on a lighter note, where are we at? Forty five minutes. I'll probably go another forty five or so. I always um I always get nervous when I do my before my podcast because I make a list of shit that I want to talk about, and um it, it's it's like it's one of those things where like okay, the first couple subjects you kind of struggle to be like oh, if I really read up on this or that I need to spend more time looking into that blah 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 blah. But then after that, I just basically just filled out a list with a couple few dozen things. Of stuff that I'm already, um, that I already am pretty, you know, up, have a strong opinion or strong understanding of. And then, you know, you just fill out with the two or three subjects that you happen to, uh, that you happen to research a little bit more before you start talking about it. You know, so it, it actually works. And I kind of like that just leaning more into stuff that is a little more natural and more naturally elicits a response as opposed to needing to talk about something that's, um, quote unquote supposed to be important or something that's part of the discourse and the zeitgeist and shit. Because a lot of that shit is just theater. It's just you know, it's 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 theater. It's just there to keep your attention um until the next uh real plot point, you know what I'm saying, happens or the real next, you know, major event. And, you know, whatever it serves a purpose, there's people making a living off that. There's information and insights that do come from that. I'm just not interested in it. I'd much rather just get the, you know, quick notes downstream from the people who really fucking watch that shit like when it comes to like political debates and 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 political ads and shit like that like yeah those things are important not just creating them but analyzing them and the impact that it has on people but i'm just somebody who i just prefer to focus more on reading into what the actual results of policies will be and what the actual like effect of stuff is and it's like that's just shit that's just not going to come through in the theater you know in the in the performance and whatnot like, even if a politician brings up that point or whatever, it's about serving, you know what I'm saying, your opponents and shit. It's not about, um, yeah, it's more so about, it's more so about feeding the fucking masses and shit, feeding into the performance and shit. Um, and I'm just, I just, I just can't really fucking deal with it. It's just, it's just too boring for me. Um, but in any case, yeah, let me talk about some books that I'm reading real quick. Just kind of break this thing up. Um, so books that I'm reading, I don't read too many books these days. Or I've never actually know the truth is I've, I haven't actually read like a fuck ton of books. I have books that I've most of the books that I've read I I really love and I have a pretty good memory of them, but I haven't read that many books. You know what I'm saying? I've probably read much more like articles and um, like research papers and shit and 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 different things like that uh, online and whatnot than an actual book. But as far as books that I'm reading, one that I've had for a minute, or two that I've had for a minute, and and still haven't quite finished, but it's, uh, I'm going to start back on them, is one is called The Book of Luke. It's Luther Campbell. 
If you don't know who Luther Campbell was, he was he was the a founding member of a of a of an explicit um rap group from the late 80s, uh early 90s, the Two Live Crew. And um Cotton Candy Sweet as Go, let me see that Tootsie Roll. See that Tootsie? Wait, was that was that Two Live Crew? Oh, yep, it was Two Live Crew. The album was called Boom Banging Ass Bass Mix. But like Uncle Luke was was, you know, wild as fuck. It was uh, you know, his nigga from Florida, from Miami, and um, you know, started this explicit rap group, rap group. And, you know, it was very explicit all about, you know, sex and partying and shit. That's what it was about. And, you know, they would be having he would be inciting like or not inciting. He would be like encouraging orgies that people have sex in the crowd and whatnot and be having orgies, you know, with other people. You know what's ironic though? Supposedly, he says is that in an interview with The Breakfast Club, he said that he never participated in those orgies, that he was always faithful to his wife. Sure. Um, but he says that he never participated in it. He just helped facilitate it for other people. He just kind of liked being that guy. He liked being that guy where shit centers, not so much centers around him, but that shit happens because he pulls some strings or he you know, helps throw his influence, uh, uh, charm or whatever around. And it's like, it's... um. Yeah, I've, I've really only gotten towards the beginning of his book, but I can already tell that he's a very insightful, intelligent dude because he just doesn't talk about like sex and debauchery and just having fun and shit. He actually really talks about, um, you know, how like 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 speaking to people's experiences and what really motivates them, but then also understanding deeper like the uh, segregation and discrimination that's present in a major urban city, uh, diverse urban center like Miami and the history of it and and he has a really good grasp of of different subjects and how they and how they uh interweave one another so the book of luke luther campbell two live crew uncle luke forever and then there's uh hitler's beneficiaries now that one i've gotten through most of it and it's it's a it's a little dry read it's by uh goats alley or ali Goats alley but it's uh basically what it is it, it gets more into the um the economic and administrative details of of Hitler's Germany, of Nazi Germany, and how they, and how they, and basically just how they managed the uh, things on the economic side and whatnot. Um, because a lot of the grimier details about the violence and the genocide and everything that's more or less common knowledge. Um, but the grimier, but the 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 grittier, drier details of like the economic policies. And how propaganda was used and how bureaucracy was um, organized and whatnot is also very fascinating because oftentimes a lot of people who are, you know, left wing or whatever, or just, or just people in general on either side of the aisle, when they think about Nazis or they think about fascists or just people who are these, uh, you know, uh, extremely racist, extremely bigoted and very xenophobic and whatnot. It's oftentimes just to be like, oh, that's a mental deficiency, or that's just because they're stupid, or that's because they're not sophisticated. And it's like, no, there's plenty of, just like there's plenty of progressive and left-wing people who are quote-unquote on the right side of history, but are in the moment very intolerable and or intolerant and just sometimes just fucking stupid. Like when you ask them to show their work about how they came to their conclusion about shit, a lot of them don't really have much. They just kind of went with what was popular or what they, you know, what sounds cool but don't know actually what to do about it with it. <laughs> um, there's plenty of sophisticated, intelligent Nazis that are very well organized, know how to run the you know business and everything, and know how to, you know what I'm saying, uh, um, get their point across covertly. You know what I'm saying? So 
It's like, do not ever underestimate your fucking enemies. Okay, don't don't underestimate your enemies and don't overestimate your own readiness either. You know what I'm saying? I see that's a mistake that, that that's that's just a human mistake that can happen. You know what I'm saying? Anybody's ego can can get the best of them. So it's always a good reminder to uh you know <laughs> to should be putting that thing in check. So Hitler's beneficiaries, Galt's Alley, um, the drier, more administrative, bureaucratic and economic uh policies and arrangements that sustained Nazi Germany. Then there's uh, satiristas, uh, comedians, contrarians, raconteurs, and um, what's this last one? Bulgarians by Paul Provenza and Dan Dion. Or Dion, Dion. And um, as the name implies, they, they talk to a lot of um, comedians and writers and whatnot, a bunch of different minds. And, um, and basically just, you know, just more or less chat with them. What does comedy mean to them? Why do they do, you know, comedy? And, and um, it's really insightful. And even though the responses are really short, they fit in, uh, you know, over 50, I think, comedians, I think, in here, 40 to 50 or so. And so the, and so they're not, none of the interviews are especially lengthy, but they're very insightful because it's clear that people, that the, that the, the interviewees feel very comfortable and that it doesn't feel contrived and that also the interviewer and the writers or have some familiarity with the way that this of the familiarity with the scene and with what comedy is like and what people who are in this world how they tend to think and behave and that's reflected in how comfortable and raw they are in their responses. So I would definitely recommend that as well. Satiristas, comedians, contrarians, raconteurs, and Bulgarians, Paul Provenza and Dan Dion forever. And then the fourth one is um, this one I'm borrowing from a friend. Or uh, if you happen to hear this, Dorian, I haven't forgot it. Uh, uh, I'm getting pretty close to finishing it, but I have the Watchmen Deluxe Edition uh, graphic novel by Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons. And um, I've seen the movie. It's one of my favorite movies. I love the moral. Uh, I love the moral quandary that's at the center of it. And then, of course, with the graphic novel that that the film was based off of. There's so many more. The web gets even more tangled and you understand more about each of the characters and their motivations and backstory and the use of different media and, and the, the, the different uh, formats of storytelling that are used in here are you know phenomenal. This is a classic and I, I would re- uh, recommend it to any and everybody. So Watchmen, Deluxe Edition, Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons. It's wonderful. things um so so like i've mentioned i'm a left winger or whatever that's 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 how i see myself and the way that i tend to put it is i don't call myself like a specific you know specific party or line with a, a particular leader or whatever human beings are imperfect you will fail yourself so how can i not expect my leaders or other people um to 
also disappoint me and to disappoint themselves and shit. So it's like, I, I, that's why I don't pledge allegiance to any particular group. I say that I'm a left winger and depending on the issue, depending who I'm talking to, depending on the situation and whatever information is available, I could be seen as being uh, a lefty by an inch. I could be seen as being lefty by a yard or lefty by a mile. You know what I'm saying? It varies. But I, but ultimately it's like, I believe that the, um, livelihood of people and the contentment of everyday people and their access to resources trumps, uh, the profit motive. I also believe in social, you know, uh, equality and representation and opportunity for, for people, no matter how small their, uh, group happens to be represented in the population and internationalism, which is basically that even though I don't think that anybody who just decides to come to the country should just immediately have 100% all the same rights and privileges and shit, um, as far as like being able to go and get health care or being able to, you know, get food and get a housing, get a job and shit like that, I'm like, yeah, you're a human being. Like, you deserve, you know what I'm saying, you have the right to speech and shit, not because, to me, not just because it's written down in the Constitution, but because if you can speak, that is your right to do so. If you can see, then that is your right to look. If you can think, that is your right to do so. You know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, that should be, you know, and wherever that is being suppressed, you know what I'm saying? No matter how they stand in relation to, to U.S., uh, their relationship to the United States, you know what I'm saying? That's what I'm with. I'm with, you know what I'm saying, democracy. I am with freedom of speech and expression. I am with civil disobedience and dissent. You know what I'm saying? I'm with all those things. So, um... But a common thing that's associated with left-wingers and a box that some people put themselves in or that the right wing tries to see us in, uh, makes us constrained to, is not wishing for harm on our enemies or not, um, not, reveling, not, not, being, not reveling in the suffering of those whom make our lives hell. I don't agree with this. I don't see things that way. This is like, every day is life or death. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I'm not, not saying that we're at warfare, that I'm always, you know, like, but the thing is, everything is a matter of, of life is, <laughs> life is life. You know what I'm saying? This shit could end at any time. So while we're here, things should be um, as pleasant as possible, I think. And, and of course, I have my own idea of what pleasant means. The reason why I bring this up is three individuals whom have uh, suffered some major setbacks and... I am very joyful of, and I am ready to bask in their shit. First of all, we'll start with the least. Um, actually, I don't know. I mean, these are all equally bad, but but, but we'll, we'll we'll start with one whom I think um, uh, who y'all are probably not as familiar with. He's called Mac. He was called Mad Mike Hughes, and he was a flat earther and a grifter. Um, all his shit, you know, he was a. Yeah, he's a flat earther. He's somebody whom argued that the earth was flat and it's, you know, there's a secret cabal and, and conspiracy theory about, um, you know, uh, effort by all scientists in the world and shit to proclaim that the world is, is flat when it's been known that the world is round for many, many, many centuries. Um, I'm thinking like maybe the, I don't, I don't know how long it's been, but people have known that the world is round for a fucking long time. Okay. Before we even had, uh, a fraction of the technology that we take for granted today. So the thing is, it, he's a conspiracy theorist. It's a grift. It's a way to get money off of gullible people um, and people whom um, kind of just peddle in skepticism 
whom they take skepticism to mean I'm just going to question every single thing, you know what I'm saying, and not come to any real conclusions about shit, you know, or just question, you know, like, oh, this comes from, this comes from an authority, this comes from the government, well, that must mean they're lying, that must mean it's a, uh, uh, it's a bunch of people in a, in a smoky back room and shit conniving, you know what I'm saying, against the people. Oh no, the, the medical board says this, and it has to be the complete opposite, no more vaccines, no more going to the doctor, blah, 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 and it's just like, it's once again, just motherfuckers not knowing how to take context into a situation and assess that, like, yes, everyone has a voice, but not everybody knows what the fuck they're talking about. And some people are, in fact, very dishonest and looking to take advantage of the fact that some people don't know where to look for the right answers on information, on, on shit. So, that's that. Um, so, he died recently in a crash of his steam-powered little ship or whatever. And, um, no, I like the fact that he died. He was somebody that was spreading conspiracy theories. He's somebody who's been muddling, muddling the, the, uh, the discourse, as they say, the conversation by introducing all this bullshit. Because this is beyond skepticism. This is post-truth. This is, because the thing about a lot of these conspiracy theorists and shit is that a lot of them, they move beyond just flat out making up shit or using really flimsy connections. They... Just like you could talk to a, an actual scientist from MIT or from NASA or something like that, and they can show you all the different, you know, information and, and, and use all the different examples to explain why the world is round, the flat earthers have an equal amount of information and sources and, and people they can interview who will corroborate their uh, side of the story. So... Post-truth, if you haven't heard it, the term before, basically just means it's using inf- it's it's hearing all sides or hearing multiple sides of an argument, but then continues going with the side that agrees with you, in spite of the fact that all of your information or all that you're conveying is easily disprovable. And it's not like people haven't, you know, it's it's yeah, and, and something like the Earth being flat. I'm sorry, I'm not entertaining that bullshit. I'm just not. Um, it's like either you're a dumb fuck or you are a grifter. In either case, fuck off with you. You know what I'm saying? I don't need your company. I don't want it. I don't think you bring any value at all in any at any time or place. So he's dead, and um, the world is 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 uh, is better for it, in my opinion. Another one who will soon be dead, but not soon enough, is Rush Limbaugh, who was diagnosed with lung cancer. And then I think Trump gave him a Medal of Freedom or whatever. I, I don't care. Once again, that's just more theater. I have really no feelings about it. That, that's what you do. You reward motherfuckers who you think represented your causes or who you, you know, think will, will piss off the opposition and shit. Trump knows what he's doing. Um, but Rush Limbaugh, who, uh, you know, who's been spewing venom on right-wing radio for decades and is very much influential for not only how our politics are, but how people are um, so polarized uh, mainly the right wingers and shit, because that's who he speaks to, demonizing the left wing, uh, making just completely making up shit, using insults and demeaning language and stuff. And um, yeah, so he's got lung cancer, and that's one of the most severe forms of cancer, and something that's really you really don't come back from. It's usually a done deal. So he'll be out of the picture soon, and um, uh, it couldn't have happened to a nicer guy, you know. Uh, and then there's Jordan Peterson. Whom, if you don't know Jordan Peterson, he is a psychology professor from uh, Toronto, Canada. And um, he gained notoriety first by protesting a bill that would add 
transgender folks to the list of already federally protected identities, uh, such as indigenous folks or women, uh, you know, uh, gay folks and, and et cetera, right? And all this was doing was adding them to the same list of protections that was already present in other cities. It was just being finally implemented into, I guess, province or however Canada is divided up and shit. And he goes in there saying that, like, no, it's about making me have to use pronouns. And then if I don't use the proper pronouns, then I'll be fined and I'll be taken to jail. Well, that's fine. I'll go on a, I'll, I won't pay the fine. And if I go to jail, then I'll go on a hunger strike. And he just made a, you know, a huge thing around about this and, um, you know, demonizing trans folks and making it seem like it's a evil cabal that just wants to control, you know, saying everybody's thoughts and, and values and shit when it's really just about them being recognized as human beings um just with a different set of experience and, and conditions to deal with and um no he couldn't accept that because he's a he's a social reactionary he believes in the status quo as a matter of fact one of his quotes um one of his common refrains is, is about clean your room clean your room don't think about changing the world it's not even possible so just think about changing yourself which is ironic because while he's saying no don't try to change the world he first gained notoriety by taking this, you know, huge moral stand for him, at least, um, of, you know, no, I'm not going to obey this law. I'm not going to, you know, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to push against this shit. It's like if you didn't, it's, 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 it's hypocrisy. And the thing is, whether this is just from him being a, a yet another grifter or somebody that's playing, trying to trying to monetize his hatred, you know what I'm saying, and his prejudice against this particular group. Um, because he's sold millions of copies of his book, 12 Rules for Life. He's gone on all these different seminars and, and talks and shit and all these different interviews with everybody from Joe Rogan to, um, you know, various major news outlets and whatnot. So this dude, Jordan B. Peterson, ha has been making a killing off of demonizing trans people and, you know, as he, he's put it on his own, in his own words on Joe Rogan experience, he, uh, he said that I've monetized the left. Or I found a way to profit off of the left. Which in and of itself, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, finding a way to come up, you know what I'm saying, off of your, your enemies. But recognize what he's doing. And you know what I'm saying? He's not a left winger. Okay? He's a reactionary. Okay? He believes in a strict hierarchy. He believes that, like, he uses the lobster example, um, uh, in comparison to humans, even though that shit doesn't fucking work, it's kind of his mascot. But he he he, and then he dabbles in um, the type of psychology that he that he dabbles in uh, relies on archetypes, which is a um, a construct of uh, Carl Jung, who's you know along whom whom along with 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 Sigmund Freud, it's like we've mostly we've left most of their contributions to psychology in the dust um and namely young because it was playing more into like mythology and that people um follow these archetypes or that you can or basically that people more or less line up into these particular roles and it's just more or less just who you become or or where you're you know uh, uh what you're supposed to be in any way yeah, it be anyway right so he believes in strict hierarchies um, he believes that activism, certain kinds, or that activism trying to change the world is a fruitless effort and that you should just clean your room and just focus on your internal world, right? And he demonizes, uh, trans people and, 
Uh, well, he demonizes the left and he misrepresents uh, the struggles and of, of trans folks, and namely that Bill C six uh, Bill C seventeen six seventeen. Yeah, I forget. Anyway, long story short. So what happened to him is he uh, got addicted to benzos, to benzodiazepine. They're, um, I believe they're muscle relaxers. Is that is that what they are? Anyway, it's a type of drug. He was, uh, it's a minor tranquilizer, right? So he got a prescribed from a doctor for depression and, and, and shit and whatnot. And it was because supposedly his his wife had some type of cancer. But that actually kind of came and, and went fairly quickly that it, it went into remission and whatnot. You know, after her, uh, her uh, she got the proper treatments. But he still had this addiction to benzos. And um, it's so ironic in that, he, in that he suffered a, um, he suffered some paralysis and some brain damage and is now in a, in a, an induced coma out in a Russia medical facility and shit. And uh, it's so ironic because he's like a lot of conservatives, a lot of right wingers. He's very much into that, you know, personal responsibility and discipline and not failing, you know, what I'm saying falling to these, you know, these weaknesses and whatnot. And, and, you know, talking about that this is the way you should live your life. This is what will give you make you happy and leave you content and stable and shit. And none of that shit, you know, fucking worked for him. And I don't just accept that, like, oh, he made a miscalculation or that he was wrong. It's like, no, this is a a, a, a common thing. Is that he's there's rules for thee and then there's rules for me, right? But he's really not as strong and competent and well put together as he thinks. Because tons of people are able to come off benzos addiction, benzo addictions and not end up in the situation that he is. You know what I'm saying? He's just a very weak, frail person. And yet, he makes an enemy out of people whom are, you know, quote-unquote social justice warriors or, you know, uh, 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 neo-Marxist you know, social justice warrior, postmodernist, you know what I'm saying? You know, he's he's one of those motherfuckers. So, yeah, the fact that he's he's fucked up um, and in some ways permanently, I'm completely with that. I mean, whatever, fuck him. You know, fuck him, fuck all his, his goddamn followers. You know what I'm saying? Y'all, you know what I'm saying, want to... Y- y'all are so quick to dismiss the identity and the experiences of other people and think that the mere existence of other people is a threat to you. And the moment that you want to defend or make your own points is all about, oh, we need to preserve our culture and a space for us. And shit, y'all play right into identity politics. So the issue isn't identity politics. It's all about the side which you're on. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm supposed to sit here and be like, no, it's okay for the monarchists and the reactionaries and the fucking neo-Nazis and the white supremacists and the, and the nationalists of all kinds um, and the religious fanatics and the, and the, and the, and the grifters and all those people, no, no, even if I disagree with them, I'm supposed to be okay with them existing. But other people, you know what I'm saying, telling me or the people that I love and care about or the people that I just think deserve to live a happy life, you know what I'm saying, need the space and representation and the access to resources that these other motherfuckers do. And all of a sudden, it's trampling over your culture. It's threatening your identity. Well, you know what? Fuck your goddamn culture, then. Fuck you. And fuck Mad Mike Hughes. Fuck Rush Limbaugh and fuck Jordan Peterson. And while we're on that subject real quick, let me talk about intersectionality and identity politics and, and political correctness and all that. 
because they're terms that get thrown around a lot, especially when people are trying to uh, be critical of them. But um, so intersectionality is really just a theoretical framework. It's a way of looking at the world. And I believe it was Kimberly Crenshaw who came up with it. And then identity politics was uh, Barbara Smith. Uh, they were contemporaries, but I'll get back to Barbara in a minute, in a second. But intersectionality is just basically the idea that we have many different facets of our identity, you know what I'm saying? And that they give you, depending on the context, depending on the situation and whatnot, they give you an advantage or a disadvantage or, um, you know, there's, there's certain consequences or, or privileges that can come with certain facets of your, uh, of your identity, whether that's your ethnicity, you know, or the way that you are, what people perceive you to be, right? Um, as far as your, your genetic background or, you know, shit, or national origin, you know, your religion, your, you know, your, uh, uh, your sexual identity, your, you know, gender identity, your, um, you know, all those, yeah, you, y'all get it. Just every facet of your identity. It's just taking into consideration that all these different things are working, uh, to different degrees and in different situations and whatnot. And that you have to judge each situation and each person thus on a case by case basis. You can't have a, this meta narrative perspective of just, nope, this group of people is like this. These things can't be changed around them. You know, saying and there's certain, you know, maybe facets and stuff that uh, uh, certain behaviors or attributes that we should try to cut down on. That's 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 uh, eugenics. And it wasn't just something that that um, that the U.S. empire or that Nazi Germany tried to institute. This is something that's been prevalent in many. I mean, Soviet Russia, Stalin's Russia, they attempted they did this as well. Um, and let's not. You know, sit here and act as if, you know, just because the term eugenics is a 20th century one, that's not 20th century behavior by human beings. This is just shit that human beings do to one another, you know, and, and, you know, try to manipulate, you know, people's genetics and, and, uh, uh, uh biomedical profiles and everything like that. This is nothing new and it's continu it's continuing to be an ongoing issue, just not to this degree. But intersectionality is really just a theoretical framework or a lens through which we look at ourselves, we look at others and the world around us. And, and what identity politics means, it's having a political uh, you know, framework, philosophy and, and uh, activity that helps get you the resources and the representation that you need and give you the, the advantages that you need in order to compete at the same level as as the predominant parties, you know, what I'm saying or the predominant the predominant identity group, whatever that happens to be, you know, really, if you want to look at it, the intersectionality is like the theory, you know what I'm saying, and identity politics is the praxis or the actual application, you know, what I'm saying of that, or like how do we take these ideas and turn that into tangible resources and tangible, you know, results and whatnot. Political correctness is just, uh, it's the, it's the, it's the, it's taking into consideration these facets, these factors, intersectionality theory and identity politics, and saying that, okay, in order to help facilitate the smoothest interactions between human beings, between strangers, or people who just have conflicting ideas and beliefs and whatnot, is that certain terms, 
shouldn't be used, that certain behavior is best not, you know, done. I was talking to, um, I was talking to somebody recently. We were talking about like, oh, sexual harassment in the workplace and, and, and all that. And just like, you know, it doesn't even have to just be, it doesn't even have to be that, that you engage in that. It doesn't have to be that you, uh, do something to somebody else. You and another person can be participating in behavior that you both agree to and, and, you know, you're cool with. Um, and then somebody else observing it feels uncomfortable, you know, and that can be enough. Now, I'm not going to sit and pretend as if that's the predominant case of, of, of when it have what happens. It's not. It's really, it's simply not. But it is a possibility, um, that, yeah, that somebody can just, somebody else can just be uncomfortable from shit that you're doing or saying and, you know, make some noise about that. And I feel, and the thing is, is that I feel, it's not that I think that that's wrong. I don't think either party is wrong, you know what I'm saying, in that particular scenario because, you know, that's how people behave. We have that side of us that's just, you know, kind of flippant and dismissive and, and derogatory or pushing the boundaries of, of good taste and, and, and uh, social norms or whatever. And then, But then you also have the other side where it's like, look, we got to be able to, you know, help as many different people get along and shit, especially when it comes to like a workplace or something, right? Or, or just trying to get any serious objective. And it's like, okay, we know that we have differences. We know that we have, you know, saying we don't agree on certain things, but we have a, an objective or, or, you know, a space that we're supposed to operate in. And we need to make sure, we need to make sure that everything goes as smoothly as possible. And so part of that is instituting, uh, is using the practice of political correctness, which is just really being mindful that, you know what, maybe it's not the best time to tell this joke. Maybe it's not the best time to, uh, you know, engage in certain behavior. You know, maybe I should just, you know, keep my head down and just, you know, uh, uh, express myself maybe in this way or, or to this level or whatnot, but just focus on getting the ob objective done. But that's what it is. Intersectionality is the theory. Identity politics is the practical application of it for political uh, power, using of identity. How do you prioritize? What are the political priorities that you have based on those facets of your identity? And then political correctness is more just like a social norm, a social consideration, a social contract, you could say, of, look, I'm not going to bring this thing up. You're not going to bring that thing up. They're not going to bring this other thing up. Okay, because we're all trying to get this greater objective done that's beyond our petty differences. Okay, got it? All right. Oh, shit. So here's one I really needed to talk about. Um, well, actually, right before I get to that one, it's um, the Boy Scouts filing for bankruptcy. So I was in the Boy Scouts for a very short amount of time. Um, I have some other friends. Uh, they were Boy Scouts and shit. And it was cool. I had a good time. Um, you know, had some, had some memorable experiences and whatnot, all positive. Um, and during that time, I hadn't heard of any abuse cases um, and shit like that, right? Um, I never had that impression of it. But the bank, Boy Scouts have had to file for bankruptcy because for decades, they've let um, thousands, I believe over 12,000 at this point, boys and shit that we know of, uh, be molested and, and, um, you know, abused sexually and whatnot. And I guess because of the, I don't know, I, I guess that's part of the settlement that they've reached with the, with the lawsuits, uh, and whatnot. But, um, 
I mean, yeah, it's disgusting. I mean, it's 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 a, uh, uh, you know, it's much like this. It's much like the church, or really just any institution where people, you know, uh, can close ranks and make it very insular. You know what I'm saying? Like Boy Scouts, it's a it's a very gendered um, uh, uh, space or organization and shit. It's it's you know because they have the Girl Scouts or the um, what the fuck are they called? I forget what the other name they have for the Girl Scouts, but maybe they're just Girl Scouts now. Maybe they don't use the other name Buttercups or some shit. Daisy Cutters? I don't know. Maybe little. I don't know. But but um. In any case, yeah, I mean, this is, it's, even though it's, 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 it's appalling, but at the same time, it's not surprising because this is what people do, um, when they have an insular community and are able to close ranks around themselves and able to avoid the scrutiny of outside forces and whatnot, uh, or outside, just ignore, ignore the influence of outsiders. And, um, yeah, it's 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 so fucking sad, and so now it just makes me reflect on the the men who the people who I knew we were boys then, but we're men now. You know what I'm saying? Wondering about what their experiences were like. Because I mean, I'm sure was it? I don't know if it's in the millions or tens of millions. Maybe it's just hundreds of thousands of Boy Scouts in the country and shit. So you know, it's a, it's a, it's it's yeah, it's 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 just fucking nuts, man. Um. But it needs to happen. It needs to happen. All of this shit needs to come out. All of these testimonies need to be heard. All these rape kits and all these files and shit need to be reopened and stuff. And then, you know, they need to be making rooms in the prisons for uh, for other motherfuckers. Because the thing that really fucks me, uh, that's really frustrating about all these things, is that it's a... We live in a rules for thee, rules for me, this, uh, rules for thee, and then rules for me, um, you know, systems. And it's like, yeah, there's always going to be a um, an imbalance of power to a certain degree as far as, like, you know, governments and the everyday person and different levels in between. I get that. But it's this, you know, like, 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 let's talk about, um, like, like with uh, sex trafficking, right, and sex work. So there was some legislation that was passed called, uh, I believe it's Sestra Foster or Sostra Fester, something like that. Um, Sestra Foster. But um, but basically, it's it's legislation that was aimed at tackling uh, human trafficking, sexual exploitation, pimping, and all that good stuff, right? But then they also added in uh, they considered sex work, voluntary sex work, in the same light, and um, that's it's bullshit because it's you can't treat them like they're the same. There are people who engage in sex with voluntarily. And they should be able to do that. You are an adult. You are engaging in activities that that you want to with other adults. And if there was more regulation on it, if they if they could get medical uh, uh, medical care, if they could trust and respect the police to do the right thing and not abuse their their power, that would be you know improve their safety. Um, you know, you'd be able to have uh, uh, you'd be able to keep better track of the of, of disease, the spread of diseases. You know what I'm saying? So it would be it'd be better. The ironic thing is that it would be better for public health to legislate and regulate the practice of, se- of sex work. Um, you know, because then you could at least collect people's information, be able to keep track of stuff. And, you know, there wouldn't be this disparity in uh, uh, 
of experiences for, for sex workers and violence toward you know and um and so what's happened as a result of this is that conflating both of these things together together um it just furthers to keep demonizing the practice of sex work uh, when sex is the reason why we're all fucking here and that people should be able to engage in that activity um, if they're the age of consent um, with whomever they want to and whatever terms that they want. And, um, and then it, it's made it less safe because now people who are participating in voluntary sex work are being treated as uh, human traffickers, having their lives upended. And this is, of course, this falls disproportionately on um on lower class uh you know struggling women um you know and then trans uh folks and i guess you know depending on who you ask it's having the intended effect because they want to instill fear and a sense of of, of helplessness you know saying in people in these situations engaging in these in these activities but i don't agree with that i don't see things that way and the reason why i was tying that in with the boy scouts thing is um, that when you have everything's being so secretive and being so uh, um, out of the scrutiny of other people, it sounds nice and everything, but this is exactly what allows for decades-long abuse of children to go on unchallenged. You know what I'm saying? And then now that it's come ahead, now think of all the people whom, whom, whom were decent and weren't doing any bullshit, and now um, they'll no longer be able to engage in those experiences, or Boy Scouts is going to be defunct, and, and, the tar- and the legacy of it um, and the positive impact that it has, um, you know, it can have in people's lives, um, is not completely thrown out the window. Because, you know, I don't know how many, I don't know how many, you know, people were accused uh, in, of of abusing the kids, but but I mean if it's if it's over twelve thousand children and shit, then it you know then it has to be thousands upon thousands of of adults, adult figures, you know. And so this is why yeah it's 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 on one hand yeah it's like you do want to you don't want every single facet of your organization to be out in the open, but it's like you got to find that balance because this should never happen again. This this can't happen, you know what I'm saying? And um, but what we see is that it's it's prevalent in almost every industry in every space. That once people get that, oftentimes that there are always going to be a certain number of people whom, when they have power or advantage over somebody, they're going to use it simply because they can, you know, and uh, or just because they're you know just because they're selfish and they only think about their satisfaction at the expense of others. And your life doesn't matter to them. You're contentment and your stability is uh of no concern to them you know so there's so that's that and then now i guess this will be the last thing I'm, i'll keep this one a little shorter just because i'm uh i'm really fucking high i've been trying out this new well two things we'll, t- we'll talk about two things we'll talk about right now reflections on drug use so so yeah, so like I was just saying, I'm high right now. I just got this uh, this new strain of flower from this uh, shop up the street from me. It's um, I guess it's I guess it's two to one ratio CBD to THC flower, and uh, I've tried different CBD 
you know, edibles and whatnot. Sometimes some of them work, some of them don't. I found a couple that really are consistent and that I really like. And then this is the first time I've had like flour that is that is like predominantly CBD, let alone two to one. And it's like, yeah, I, d- I definitely noticed that like I don't get the same buzz and kind of haziness that I get from THC because it's it's um it's so it's because it's less a less lower dosage, excuse me. But then the CBD actually keeps me more relaxed and content within that shit because oftentimes it's like you know you get if you're just smoking really good bud or whatever high you know good high thc count uh or dosage then you know you can get in a haze sometimes you can be overstimulated sometimes you can be in a fog but this is like i'm still coherent you know what I'm saying and able to string you know saying my thoughts together in a in a able, i'm still able to string my thoughts together to get together <laughs> well for the most part i've been able to string together my thoughts in a very structured way and move from things move from things um with a certain sense of fluidity and i try to uh i try to maintain that while still you know finding that balance of like okay i, w- I still want to buzz so that cbd um in this case it's it's uh it's actually working it's doing what it says it's supposed to do and yeah, I just feel, you know, really cool. I have a slight buzz and yeah, I like the normal anxiousness and, 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 or overstimulation or being in a haze is just not there. And it's so great. But, um, but just further reflections on drug use and stuff, like just given the, you know, the prevalence of drug culture in the United States and how much money we spend on it because we can, cons- you know, I think it's no, no surprise that we consume the most amount of like, you know, drugs, um, and whatnot. And living in California, you know, like cannabis is, you know, the drug du jour, um, you know, right now people come from all over the world to, to, to get it and it's good and it's expensive and shit, but it, you know, it, it should be and whatnot. Um, but yeah, but just, but just thinking about the progress with drugs, I, I didn't start using anything until I was 19 and I was using cannabis and then I started drinking a few years later and, um, you know, never was really too crazy about drinking. I'm glad I fa- fell in love with cannabis first, because uh, just the the alcohol is just so much more damaging. And then I've uh, you know exper- I've enjoyed you know different pills and whatnot. Whether you're it's your Adderall or your OxyContin or your Klonopins, you know, or or um, hydrocodone pills and shit like that. I've never drank lean, but I've had those 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 pills. And it is so easy to get addicted to those shits. It just feels so good. And it's like, don't you want to feel good? Who doesn't want to just feel good? You know, um, but it's, it's, it's dangerous because, yeah, it is easy to just kind of get stuck in this loop where you're just completely, you know, as they say, chasing the dragon. You're always looking for that first high. But that first high is never going to happen again. But as far as you being able to enjoy it to the same degree, you actually have to pace yourself and give yourself uh, breaks in between it so that way you can revisit it. Otherwise, you just keep your threshold, your tolerance really high. And so you're constantly having to push it, spend more money. Um, Depending on your drug of choice, uh, you may have to be engaging in some uh, shady activities in order to get a a hold of it. and it, and it's and it's just like yeah, there has to be a certain level of of reflection and and you know what I'm saying on the drugs and 
you know, people being able to feel that they can acknowledge that they have a problem and, and knowing that they'll be, that they, knowing that they'll be able to transition, uh, out of that state of mind and that behavior and into something better. But of course, that takes the coming together of so many other different, you know, forces, talking about employment, talking about mental health, talking about, um, uh, talking about, you know, like police surveillance and whatnot and interactions with law enforcement and, and the justice system and all that. And what the priorities of prisons and, and people within different facets of society have in either perpetuating the situation or just punishing people who engage in the activities. Um, so a lot of things need to come together. And it's like, I'm kind of glad and I'm really grateful and lucky that it was just fun for me that I was able to engage and try these things out and enjoyed myself, you know, whatever. I didn't spend too much money. I didn't, you know, saying put myself in a, in danger besides being caught with the shit, um, you know, and, and just being able to, you know, do that. And just, and, and, and really the thing about drugs is, and this is where you get more and so into like psychedelics, mushrooms and acid. Um, I haven't tried special K or ketamine, um, but I, that, well, that's a tranquilizer, not technically a psychedelic. Uh, although, yeah, I don't know what the effects. I don't know if the effects are, are similar. But just as far as mushrooms and, and LSD, the psychedelics, they were instrumental in helping to change because they do literally change the physical structure of your brain. Um, I mean, all I mean, almost all drugs do that. But the way in which which like special K and psychedelic and, and psychedelics do is that they have a very positive effect. They would help uh, people get over addictions to other drugs. As a matter of fact, they help people deal with PTSD. They help people deal, um, you know, obviously with physical pain and distress and discomfort and whatnot. Right. And the biggest thing for me when I first tried was, you know, dabbling with, with, with these different drugs and whatnot is that when it came to like the mushrooms and the acid, those particular drugs were really influential in helping change just my whole outlook on life and the way that, that I reflect and just the way that I think, you know, being sober. Because acid and shrooms, at least for me, is not something I could do, you know, too many times a year. I might do it, you know, you might want to do it two or three times a year. That's, that's just me, though. You know, just because, just because it's a very intense uh, emotional and psychological experience, you know, and I don't like to toy around uh, with that shit. Everybody has that limit, and you know, they they help me reflect on death. They help me reflect on my ego and what my place is in in the universe and within the various circles in which I navigate in. Makes you, you know, really reflect on what is it that you're doing out of conditioning or out of you know, just because you've done it a thousand times before and what is it you're doing because you want to be doing it and what are some things that you want to be doing but you haven't yet and why and just really, you know, helping you come to grips with who and what you are, why you've done the thing that you, why you've done the things that you, that you've done and what it's really going to take in order to take things to the next level, you know. And I'm not somebody who's going to be out there telling you, yeah, you have to go and try drugs. You have to do this, blah, blah, blah. I hate those motherfuckers. All I'm saying is that if you know me and you want to try some drugs or whatever, I would hope that you feel comfortable enough in being able to come to me and ask me or letting me know. Um, you know what I'm saying? Just because I, I feel like I have a good amount of experience. I feel like I have a good amount of 
self-restraint and um and i've seen it i've seen it go wrong you know what i'm saying which which is which is yes even though i can enjoy myself you know with some cannabis and alcohol and a little bit of alcohol i barely drink anymore it's mostly just weed these days but um you, you you know it's 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 a balancing act and there are a lot of people that even when it comes to weed cannabis and alcohol you know what i'm saying uh very quickly go over the edge or just constantly keeping such a high threshold such a high tolerance that they don't they don't realize that they've or maybe they do or yeah they don't they don't realize that they've made themselves kind of you know in a way dependent you know what i'm saying on this drug just because it doesn't have the same consequences as opiates or alcohol or um or that it, if it doesn't have the same effect as like you know s- speed or opiates or muscle relaxers then it's not doing you know some type of harm it's like no it's not doing that level of harm not that degree of harm but you being in uh you know it, it does affect your state of mind you know what i'm saying it does affect your mood it affects your appetite it affects your sleeping patterns and whatnot you know if you have to go without it um you know and you can feel very stressed and and, and anxious you know you're not going to overdose you're not going to uh, die if you quit cold turkey um but but there's still so many people who I see who just they're just they're just constantly in a haze or they're just overstimulated you know what I'm saying and it's just like sometimes you just got to deal with reality i know it's it's it fucking sucks and it, it, i know i sound like a republican right now you know it just takes personal responsibility and stuff it's like but no but there's there's a balancing act to all this shit and it's not it's not looking down on anyone to say that, hey, maybe what you just need to do is just step away from the drugs for a little bit, find some other activities to put your energy and your time and your mental space into, um, give yourself new definition, you know what I'm saying? Give yourself new objectives besides just getting high, you know? And this is for somebody, if you see that, if you see that, you know, you use drugs, some type of drug on a regular basis, and you believe that and you believe that because of the effect on your body or your your mental emotional state that it is a negative influence and you want to change and you want to change so you know that that's what it is you have to put more energy and focus into something else because you have to reprogram your mind into into finding pleasure from other from other activities or other stimuli you know but if you're is is it's but also you know there's that capacity for you to be able to confront things like death acceptance like being able to confront uh how the world actually works how human beings actually function how you function you know and um and allow and and the thing is allowing for yourself to allowing for your allowing for your basically a lot of the boundaries and shit that you put up a lot of the walls that come up you'll be able to recognize them more so when you're sober you know it's like you'll you'll be you'll be high and shit in space and shit and you think like wow i didn't realize that i was looking at things this way or i didn't realize that this is something that's been more so of a pressure from outside forces as opposed to something i really want to do and that the thought of having to go back and do it, it all of a sudden now induces a lot of anxiety and or distress and so, and that's very real, and that's a very valuable experience, and it could go wrong, you could have a bad trip, you could take a bad, you know, the substance couldn't be manufactured or developed properly, so there's always a risk, but I, um, I, I, I see what the rewards 
could be and they've been very beneficial for me and not just you know being like oh yeah i got so fucked up i got so high i was but you know whatever i was peaking blah 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 that's okay whatever that's surface level okay it's like yeah of course that's gonna happen that's actually just a sign that um you got a good batch and that you probably aren't gonna die hopefully all right now we get to the last subject and uh yeah i love this this list i have i have almost 30 subjects that I was going to talk about, but I'm glad that I've kind of just really stuck to like the six or seven or whatever, just for the, especially for the solo cast. Um, because sometimes, you know, I'm clearly just, just, it's, it's like sometimes even though you go through stuff in your head and you think about it for days or even weeks, when it comes time to actually, you know, say it out loud, you may realize that, that certain points don't, don't aren't as uh, cohesive as you anticipated they'd be. So it's like on the cuff, you have to find a different way of expressing ideas and communicating information. And, you know, for me, it's, it's, it's just fun. To me, this is sport. You know what I'm saying? Um, like the act of just talking and having to express myself and how to put my ideas into, into you know, recognizable speech and, <laughs> you know, a conversation. I, I, I enjoy the challenge of that. You know, I just enjoy that as a recreational activity. But there were some memes, or not memes, but there was a thread going around on Twitter that um, was basically the immigrants built this country conversation. And uh, basically, I believe the initial, the OP, uh, OP posted a picture of, um, of uh, uh, from the 19th century of, a cotton, of slaves in a cotton field and saying that... Um, Basically mocking the quote of, oh, immigrants built this country, um, basically, basically implying that when people say immigrants built this country, it's the erasure of African and black slavery as a foundation of U.S. economic success and thus the world industry that sprung as a result of it. Um, and <clears throat> I mean, this is a this is obviously a contentious issue because but but but. Not, I mean, for me, it's not too contentious. I, to me, it's pretty clear because this is once again where you just bring in your intersectionality theory and identity politics and just realize that, um, you know, everybody's, you, you know, that, yes, yeah, some people's success and, and some people will benefit from the exploitation of other people and use that to build their own success, even as they're suffering their own marginalization. You know what I'm saying? And I, I think that it's because. These issues are so have so much gravity, have so much weight and value, and so much consequence that you know it's 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 that people on one hand they try not to erase the experiences of other people, but they oftentimes end up doing that because they just want to put so much emphasis on no ours was the most important, ours was the most important. It's like, look, this isn't a competition. Yes, there's different levels to this shit of what people experience and how much they're being held back in different respects and whatnot. But the fact of the matter is, is that we are all suffering and we need to be able to keep that vantage point. It's like there's what is so wrong about saying that depending on the person saying it, saying immigrants built this country could be erasing African and black slavery or it could just be trying to counteract the xenophobia and bigotry that is aimed at immigrants no matter their background but it's so but the thing is i know i looked in the thread and there was only one person who really kind of made that point the salient point everybody else was pretty much just trying to defend why 
one one quote or the other was trying to erase the identity and experiences of the other group. And like I said, this is where intersectionality comes in because if you, you it's like so many people are very well read on their particular issues and the nuances of their particular subculture and identity. And then when it comes to anybody else who's slightly different, slightly outside their shit, it's like all that nuance and all that, you know, special considerations and empathy and whatnot just go out the window because, you know, people who quote unquote are still on the right side of history and everything still get very tribal and still, um, you know, rely on certain identity markers as opposed to the quality of the arguments or the quality of the the context of the situation of the person speaking it um it it yeah that's i mean that's yeah it's just i just, I just feel like there's a lot of people and, and and the thing is this isn't and it's like just because you're a black person or african person doesn't mean you inherently understand the plights of every other black person in the fucking country the the black experience isn't just some flat you know same fucking circle where all of us experience the exact same shit in the same exact way in the exact same circumstances and we all carry the same passions and motivations within us that's just simply not the case you know what i'm saying there's no there's no there's, there's no one black identity just like there's no one woman identity or one christian identity or one you know um, that's a bunch of bullshit. Cause on the same note, it's, it's, I was seeing something about, um, I was seeing somebody else on Twitter who made this point and I'm assuming they were a non-black person. I couldn't tell, but they were basically just making the point that I, that I made that like, you know, not all experiences of a group are contained in each individual basically. And that somebody responded back and this guy of course it got a bunch of responses a bunch of likes and retweets was like oh when you forget your race the implication being that if you're not black oh you can't teach a black person anything about black people or the black experience bullshit i was hanging out with a few friends of mine a few uh um uh, a couple a couple weeks ago and it, it happened to be it was a bunch of white uh uh some white folks and I love them. I've known them a long time. And one of them was asking me about a black artist that they, whose work that they really like and shit. And I didn't, I didn't know. And, um, and just listened to them relate what they, what they enjoyed about that artist and their, uh, whatever, I guess, play or, or something that they had, uh, uh, put together. In any case, <clears throat> this, according to that Twitterer or whatever, this individual would be invalid in trying to teach me about this black artist or showing, telling me what they understood about the black experience as a result of that. You know, the whole point of broadcasting blackness and having black people represented in all these different spaces is normalizing our presence and our experience and our way of thinking. So that way it's not such so shocking. I don't I don't I don't look at blackness or any facet of my identity or anybody else's identity as being this sacred thing that is beyond uh rebuke or beyond contributions from outside uh uh influences or you know, is something that needs to be guarded and 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 guarded over, you know what I'm saying? And 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 that only select people are able to participate in that shit. I don't have I don't have that 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 very isolationist, you know, um, you know, I don't, ha I don't have that perspective on it. It's like, yeah, it's pretty clear to me when people are bullshitting or when people are just not very good or just trying to be cool or whatever, and that shit gets called out. But at the, it, it, even then, it's like, okay, 
whatever, then just don't fuck with it. But it's like, 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 you know, or let's take a more serious example. As a, as a black man, my interactions with the cops so far have been, uh, neutral. Most of the times if I, I've gotten pulled over, I don't think I've gotten pulled over when I shouldn't have been pulled over and I haven't gotten my ass kicked by the cops or, or nothing, you know, not in any fucked up situations with the police or whatever, right? It's been cool. It's been casual. Um, and, and that doesn't dismiss the experiences of other black people. Now, what if I were to talk to a non-black person and they were telling me about the experiences that they've witnessed or deal with of other, of other black folks? Is that, is that, and are they, are they, are they, what is it, is it, what am I supposed to respond? Like, I already know that, or you can't tell me nothing because you're not black. It's like, that's not a, that's not a, that doesn't mean anything. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't just say, oh, because you're this or you're not that, you can't teach me about anything. Information is information. You know what I'm saying? Somebody tells you something, it's not all of a sudden invalid just because of what they are or what you perceive and assume them to be. You have to listen to what a person says and judge them based on what the fuck they say. You cannot conflate the individual and the group or the institution. They are not one and the same. That's not how the world works. You know, I just feel that there's, you know, there's this super overcorrection or not even an overcorrection. It's an opportunity for some people who really are hateful but that happened to belong to a marginalized group of some kind um, in order to latch on to identity politics in a very cynical way, weaponize it to use as a bludgeon against those that they, you know, that upset them. And then as a shield from criticism, you know, from those whom, you know, make you who often make valid points against them or whom they just want to dismiss because they don't want to have to entertain uh, any critic or have to answer any criticisms, you know what I'm saying, of their shit, of their, of their, of their shit. And, um, you know, it's something that I didn't want to, I, I try not to go into too, too much because I definitely, you know, like when people talk about cancel culture and, and being woke and shit like that, and, and it's oftentimes used in a very derogatory way, but it's like, these things have been used, identity politics, all this shit has been used by the predominant groups in every society for fucking ever. These are just the terms, uh, for the time in which we live in and, you know, the people who don't want things to change, don't want things to progress are, of course, always going to try to dismiss the legitimacy of what we're doing and what we're fighting for. But it's like we have to overwhelm them. We have to go out and take up space. You know what I'm saying? It's because it's because they've never come to us who, and, and, and whoever, whoever it is that it needs to be in your mind. But whatever predominant group operates in a certain space they're never going to go and ask the lesser groups how they can give them more space or have to give them more power and resources. And why would they? You have to go and seize that shit for yourself. Because Mother Power does not relinquish anything without the threat of losing everything. You know? So it's it's just try, I guess in conclusion, just try to, um, you know, recognize that there is value in people, even if you completely disagree with them, to a limit, to a degree. I don't really give any space or time to, like, Nazis or contrarians or, you know, grifters and shit. I just, I openly dismiss them and, and put them down because I think 
their whole all their contributions are toxic. I don't think they offer any positive uh, positivity to any conversation or situation. But like people who just have you know different views than me, I really want to understand how they think. And in order to do that, you have to allow people to just convey information and judge them based on who they are and what they say, and not just being like, oh well, I should have known. You know, you're a white person, so that means you think this way, or you're a woman, so that means you agree with it. Blah 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 blah. blah. You know. Um, and if you're somebody who does that, I mean, you're a piece of shit. Just, I mean, like, can't really butt, butt around that because the thing is you'll want to, you'll, because if you're somebody who thinks like that, then you will want all of these nuances and considerations to be made for you and your experiences, but then you want to invalidate those of others. You know what I'm saying? Like with the, uh, uh, what's another quick example before I get out of here is fucking, um, affirmative action. Which, first of all, since we have all this data now, we know that it doesn't even benefit the people whom actually need it the most, and and that and that the complaints that that is that is that is made not just in in uh, academic uh, spaces but in all kinds of places they're like, oh yeah, they hired or such and such over me, even and but they, even though they're not qualified, and it's like it's like when they when you, when you ask them like, okay, so who would be qualified? It's just somebody that's just like them. It's 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 never really been able to assess, you know what I'm saying, whether that person, the other person who who quote unquote replaced them, um, was worthy. It's the fact that they just can't accept that somebody else um who's not like them or whom they view as being superior and not having the same value system of of being able to meet them or even exceed their standards. You know, some people just you know, their egos, their mindset is just so small they, they really cannot uh, you know, absorb that. But I'm, but you know, it's like you got. It's like context is king. Context is king. All right. It's like it's like it's 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 like yeah. I can tell you. I can tell you that yeah. You're right to feel whatever it is that you feel. But then you also actually being wrong about the fact of the situation. All right, and that the way you feel is being influenced by shit that doesn't just have to do with the situation. And that it doesn't have the gravity in which you're trying to apply it. The way that you feel is not a reflection of reality or the seriousness of the situation. Because you're not the only one who decides. Um, you're not the only one who makes it. You're not the only one who gets to decide on that issue. So, yes, you feel the way that you feel. But you know what? That doesn't necessarily mean that you're in the right. Just because you're on, quote, unquote, the right side of history or you at least tell yourself that. In the moment, it doesn't. In the moment, you are intolerant. And as short-sighted as the people whom you oppose. This has been episode seven of the It's All Relative podcast. I'm Sam Boy. Talk to you next time, which will be uh, March 25th at the round with the roundtable episode at Bridgetown DIY in La Puente. Um, I'll probably start it between eight and eight thirty, and usually goes for a couple hours. So see you then. Peace. Hey.